The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. How are you going to get your packages? You're on an island, you dopes. How are you going to get your packages? People are so stupid. There'll be all this. When the price of the food, clothing, and everything else goes up, they will say, this is an outrage. We're being gorged. No kidding, you dopes. You're on an island. That's a quote from Glenn Beck. Because they just raised the Port Authority in Manhattan for a truck to cross the Washington Bridge to $102. A tow. Which, of course, is going to break up all the companies. It's amazing how really stupid we're becoming. And everything you see that's coming up stupid is all surrounded money. And money's power. And power, absolute power, corrupts absolutely. You know, some people make so much money that once they get a certain threshold, that there's no more luster to that. 
Making money for the sake of money becomes the next thing that's in line is power. And we have so much mega wealth now in different sources and different segments of power that the power grab is what's up. It's what people are going after. And eventually when you go bored with making money, that's the only thing left. I can control everything. And so everything now, everything we're seeing is surrounding money. And of course, this is what Revelation talks about. That in the end, the whole Antichrist won't be in the sins that we might traditionally think, but really in commerce, in money. Neither buy nor sell anything without the mark of the beast. And we're there. We've got a president sitting in the middle of it who just thinks he's got such God authority that he's just going to, on his own, raise the minimum wage over $3. If anybody's got a government contract, it's incredible the justification he uses. He even self-admits in a letter he sent out from the White House, and he addresses everybody. Here's the president speaking. He addresses everyone. Hello, everyone. We're adequate. Where's the standard of decency of, of the office of, of respect and demand of respect? You just address everybody in a letter starting off, hello, everyone. And he goes on and talks about, I did this, and I did this, and I just signed an executive order for minimum wage to $10.10 for federal contract workers. What's interesting in this letter, though, is he says he's justifying that this is going to help the economy, which it can't, because if you raise minimum wage to $10, who's paying that? The taxpayer. And so it's just going to be $3 per hour per worker that they don't have to spend in the economy. And so... They get it, the minimum wage worker, and it devalues. Nothing changes. In fact, it gets worse. We've talked about this before. Minimum wage is good and is healthy in the sense, or not minimum wage, but low wage earners. For those who, I was there, and most people, listen to this, Mike, has been there. And because you've been there, you had an incentive, I'm not going to do this the rest of my life. And some people are content with that because they don't want to do anything. They don't want to work. They want to get by with a minimum. And that's okay. This culture has to have that. Society always has had that. You've got those who take the menial jobs and those who ask, uh, elevate from that menial job to make fortunes or build big companies or at least make it in the middle class. So no matter what you do, you're going to have it. It's relative. You can raise it to whatever you want to. All you can do is destroy the economy through this. But his justification, Obama, he says that that means businesses will have customers with more money to spend. He doesn't even understand how economics works. And then he says, if you don't believe me, believe 600 economists. Did you catch when I read this? Immediately I saw this is a psychological statement he's making of something he don't realize what he's saying. If you don't believe me, he stands in the office of the presidency. I respect that office. Just being there should bring you credibility. If you have a little wisdom and you exercise it with, with, with fruit of your decisions. But he has a self-admission here when he says, you don't, if you don't believe me, that he lacks credibility. 
He's admitting, I don't have credibility, so I'm going to put 600 economists behind me. If you don't believe me, he says, believe the 600 economists, including seven Nobel Prize winners. He's got to say some of the qualifications. There's seven of them there. Why? Because he has to put himself in league with it because this man knows what he's doing is not right. And he himself doesn't have credibility in himself. It's a self-admission, a truth, psychologically, he makes with that detecting what he's saying. If you don't believe me, who said he wouldn't believe we believe him? Of course we don't because the man has no credibility. But we go through all these things over and over and over. We see these things happening. Are we reading the signs of the times? Are we seeing what's going on? $102 for a truck to pass through. And some of these trucks pass through Manhattan. I've, I've worked there with ABC for a year off and on. I went up there with 2020. And so I'm familiar with, with Manhattan. Not like somebody lives there. But being up there for a year, uh, quite a bit, it, it's amazing how, how you can't get in this island because it is an island. I think it's 12 million people, or maybe it's 12 million in the metropolitan area. But the, the, the intensity of the population requires delivery of goods and services. And you're going to charge $102 for one passage? Taxi cab drivers go back through, back and forth every day. These truck deliveries doing that. It doesn't even make sense. We've lost our common sense. And we've, we've really, what Timothy says, There'll come a time, he didn't say that this is back 2,000 years ago, he said there will come a time when we will have teachers that will tickle your ears and the people will wander off the fables. $10 minimum wage thinking you're going to help something come is a fable. $102 to do this is a fable. It's a fable. Bitcoins. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. People are, are falling into this. Bitcoins. Is virtual currency. You know, it's just something on a computer. It doesn't exist. It's virtual. Bitcoms is a virtual currency that allows the users to exchange online credits for goods and services. Where does this come from? It doesn't have a central bank that issues them. Or I say Bitcoins. It's Bitcoins. B-I-T-C-O-I-N-S. Bitcoins can be created online by using a computer to complete the difficult task. What's so difficult about creating a Bitcoin that doesn't exist by saying on a computer, this exists, and we're going to produce 21, 21 million of these Bitcoins, and you can buy them. Where did it, what, do you get a coin? Do you get, no, no, you get electronic credit. So you pay $10 for it. Now there were up to, last week, $850 for it. And so you want to go buy goods and services, and you say, okay, I'll buy a car with, with Bitcoins. And then you trade those Bitcoin coins, and those Bitcoins go to the next person, and they'll use them to buy some good services. It's insane. It doesn't exist. And so Bitcoins created online by using a computer they describe it as a difficult task. It's difficult to do this. So they make it difficult. They make you think it's difficult because the process of creating this, they call the process of mining. Can you imagine that? Mining gold and silver and all the labor and the equipment, all this goes into it. Nothing but pushing a button on a typewriter. Basically, is all it is, a computer board. They create the, the Bitcoins. But they say it's very complete, completely difficult to do this. And it's a process of called mining. 
So there's 12 million of these Bitcoins that have been created, or rather 21 million is the cap. There's 12 million of them that's out there floating around. And so there's no more after that can be created. So we got these hap- this happening, and they overnight they dropped 20% from $850, 20% off. And people are into this. There's people invested in it. Well, that's a safe place to put money because they're looking for it. But they don't even see anything of what God made. He made silver. He made gold. That's where you put your money in. That's not going to go away. And that's something you can hold in your pocket. It's not electronic air because there's nothing more than air. There's nothing there. It doesn't exist. And the real lie and the really thing that's most amusing is it's no different than the dollar bill. A Bitcoin is the same thing as a dollar because the, dollar, the only difference is the dollar is printed on a piece of paper that has no value because there's nothing behind it. It's the Bitcoin because people put their faith in that. And Germany just recognized, I think we spoke about this a little bit last week, Germany just recognized as as a alternative currency. This is crazy. This is insane. And it's really even comical. How is it that we even believe something like this? And that people are being dissatisfied now because it dropped 20%? This is something dreamed up. is a business model that's been created. And people go for it. They had to, when this 20% drop happened, they had to do a, a... uh, with, uh, just like when the bank holidays come up, they close the banks because people run on the bank, everybody gets the money. The money's not there. It's not designed to bring stability to the, to the person's savings account. It's, it's to bring credibility to the banks because they lie because they don't have your money in the bank. They've already loaned it out. And they loan it out 10 times more than what they have in there because that's what the Federal Reserve. If the bank has 10% of what they loan, they'll give the loan from the Federal Reserve to cover that. So in other words, if they have $10,000, they can loan $100,000. It doesn't exist, except on paper. And so this is just a normal graduation, these Bitcoins. And the Bitcoins from the banks that don't have money that they loan out is a graduation of the dollar not backed by silver or gold. In 1970, we erased that. Our currency is worthless. Bitcoins are worthless. The loans and what they give is worthless. The only thing they're worth and the only reason they have worth is because you believe that. And so what did they have to do? It's really funny. They had to stop all withdrawals for Bitcoins to stop the run on them. So they stopped this. So it said that they had to get time for technical difficulties really this is this is so funny they got to manage volatility they say so everybody start accepting again bitcoins it's unbelievable i can't believe it's just like beck said people are so stupid how do we even get to this point how we have arrived at this is is totally crazy and then we've got now this power grab and we got all the police forces getting money from federal government and all of our turning in SWAT teams where you'd have a SWAT team come in and something like the Texas first massacre of years, probably 30, 40 years ago, where the guy got in the tower on the university there in Texas somewhere and started shooting people. And we started making uh, 
tactical squads, and now every every police force has a Navy SEAL squad, and they can't. They're so beat up in the ego, they can't wait to go find something to attack. And that's really what Jones Reed is, and it's an amazing thing we've arrived at. You got you got Scalia from the Supreme Court saying we're going to see internment camps, and he's justifying it. It's necessary. Is it unconstitutional? He says, "Yes, it is." Or yeah, he was asked by students, "Yes, it's unconstitutional," but you're going to see him again. Here's a here's a U.S. sitting Supreme Court justice knows that this is unconstitutional, knows what happened to the Japanese in World War II, saying we will see this coming, and already they're already building internment camps, and we've got a fired up, pumping iron exercise police force in many places, running around just dreaming, being with a garb in a tactical squad attacks. That's coming in everyday houses now. This is entitled Scenes from a Militarized America, Iowa Family Terrorized. It was written by Radley Balco, and he refers in his article uh, to a video of a police raid in Des Moines, Iowa that took place on the 3rd of February this month. When critics like me warn about the dangers of police militarization, this is what we're talking about. You'll see the raid team dressed in battle dress uniforms, helmets, and face-covering balaclava hoods take down the family's door with a battering ram. You'll see them storm the home with ballistic shields, guns at the ready. More troubling still, you'll see not one but two officers attempt to prevent the family from having an independent record of the raid, one by destroying a surveillance camera, another by blocking another camera's lens. From the images in the video, you'd think they were looking for an escaped murderer or a house full of hitmen. No one of that. They were looking for a few people suspected of credit card fraud. None of the people they were looking for were inside of the house nor was any of the stolen property they were looking for. They did arrest two house guests of the family on what the news report says were unrelated charges, one for a probation violation and one for possession of illegal drugs. A couple of other points about this story. First, note that the police say they knocked and announced themselves before the raid. The knock-and-announce requirement has a long history in the United States and English common law. Its purpose was to give the occupants of a home the opportunity to avoid property damage and unnecessary violence by giving them time to come to the door and let the police in peacefully. The knock-and-announce today is largely a formality. The original purpose is gone. From the perspective of the people inside, there's really no difference between this sort of knock-and-announce and and a no-knock raid. Historically, the other purpose of the knock-and-announce requirement is to avoid the inevitable tragedy that can result if homeowners mistake raiding police for criminal intruders. As the requirement has been eroded, allegedly to protect the safety of police officers, we've seen plenty of tragedy. And many of those tragedies have been the deaths of police officers. There was another one just last December, and it almost happened here. Prince's son, Justin Ross, 
who was in this Iowa family, was in the bathroom when police burst in, and he was carrying a gun that he had the legal right to carry. Ross says, I stood up. I drew my weapon. I started to get myself together to get out the door. I heard someone in the main room say police. I reholstered my weapon, sat back down, and put my hands in my lap, Ross recalls. Ross says he didn't hear the police announcement until after one officer had already attempted to kick in the door. Had that officer been successful, there's a good chance that Ross, the police officer, or both would be dead. The police department would then have inevitably argued that Ross should have known that they were law enforcement. But you can't simultaneously argue that these violent, volatile tactics are necessary to take suspects by surprise and that the same suspects you're taking by surprise should have known all along that they were being raided by police. Well, you can, and police do, and judges and prosecutors usually support them, but the arguments don't logically coexist. Finally, note that police department officials say they do not have a written policy governing how search warrants are executed. That's inexcusable. Most police departments do, but whether or not they're governed by a formal policy, the use of these kinds of tactics for nonviolent crimes like credit card fraud is hardly unusual, and it's happening more often, not less. I've reported in jurisdictions where all felony search warrants are now served with a SWAT team. At least one federal appeals court has now ruled that under the Fourth Amendment, there's nothing unreasonable about using a SWAT team to perform regulatory inspections. To be fair, two others have ruled that such tactics are not reasonable, but it's concern, it's disconcerting that this would even be up for debate. We have plenty of discussion and analysis about when searches are appropriate. We also need to start talking about how. What kind of world are we coming into? What kind of nation are we coming into? What does this have to do with money? Everything. Federal money supports this behavior, helps buy the tactical goods. We talked about the 2,600 armored vehicles given to police departments spread out across the place, the, the country. And this money is a noose made. Actually, it's a noose made of money to enforce oppression against everyday people. Why? So when they need the federal or federal government needs to do what they want to do and what they're headed toward. What's in they fire the first shot? Talks about 2012. Then they've got their arm of enforcement. This is what Sheriff Mack was told to do, and he refused to do it. Went to the Supreme Court, won the case for the Brady Bill. When they said that we were going to depend on you to enforce gun laws, Sheriff Mack won the case, and of course a lot of that's in they fire the first shot. You got Dr. Carlson, who spoke at the prayer breakfast, who denounced Obama and rejected him, who now is under IRS audits, being harassed. And he recently came out and talked about D'Souza, who wrote, or rather, who did the popular documentary to, uh, called um, Obama's America, or rather, two six, 2016, Obama's America, before the election. This guy's been arrested, basically on something phony. And to get out of jail, they made him pay a $500,000 bail. Incredible. Dr. Carlson says, we have a, a, 
a, of course, he's a black doctor who's a surgeon who stood up and right there in front of Obama in just four or five minutes just cut his whole health care thing to pieces and ribbons. And now they're taking retribution against him. And so all these things and the difficulties he's running into and his people and D'Souza, he says that we've got a corrupt administration. So where are we headed? Well, because of our sins, we inherit this. That's first of all. We always have to admit that. We always have to come. If my people will mend their ways, I'll heal their land. In essence, what the Scripture says. Turn their face back toward me. So we have economic woes and everything surrounding money. And all this really comes back down to, the, to, to money. And Satan's built this false system now of, of of us putting our building a whole creating a whole house of cars that is nothing, very weak. That when God decides for it to fall, it's going to crash, and all your decisions and everything you approach, everything you buy, everything you see, thinking of, you need to be making those decisions concretely on real things, real substance. As we've said before, silver is not your goal. The miraculous metal magic around is not the goal. That's a temporary thing that, that you can do today, immediately, right now, when you hear this, and take whatever cash you got and put it in there and hold something. Not bitcoins, not the dollar, not hedge funds or all these other crazy things. This is all paper. It doesn't not it doesn't exist. The miraculous metal magic around with the miraculous metal on it creates miracles. You have that. You put your wealth into it. But that's not real wealth in the end because you can't eat it. You don't want to hoard it necessarily. You can store it just like you kill a cow. He's dead. He'll rot. You put it in the freezer. You pick vegetables out of your garden. You can them. You can eat it next year when you need it. You need land, but can you go buy it today? No. So you put your wealth, you put your money, you take everything out of the investments, you take it out of the stock market, and you put it in the miraculous measure silver round. When that's distributed a year later, you take your milk out of your freezer, your meat or your, your, your canned goods, and eat that. When you're ready to buy land a year from now, you take that out of the silver round, and it gets distributed with the miraculous metal. It's not going to disappear. People are not going to throw, that, throw away a one-ounce silver piece because it has intrinsic value. Bitcoins have no value. The dollar bill has no value. The stocks really have no value. And each one has a more solid base from the stock market as well as owns I, IBM. It gives me shares in that. But as we progress to this, and the hedge funds, and this, and then all the things we do, all this becomes illusionary, illusionary wealth. It's a mirage, and it will vaporize overnight. While silver won't, and gold won't, and above that, land won't. And so to control the people, you have to put in place tactical squads, because in the end, with the real wealth... Is your place, your land. And this is the time to buy land. This is the time to get it. Rural land is being snapped up left and right. The cities aren't. Why is that? What's the move on this? People who are not even doing a lot of praying can see it. If they got common sense, but we've lost common sense. And common sense is of God, because wisdom is of God. And me and my sons were talking about today, this morning earlier, about just how poorly things are designed. 
you get 30, 35-year-old engineers who've not done anything as far as outside work or work on, on machinery or just things that build common sense, how things should be designed. And we're seeing poor designs and products. Yes, things last a long time, but we're, we're moved to an electronic, a technological world that's really obsolete. In fact, the letter Obama sent out, he ends it saying, I've announced a major new commitment toward connecting our schools to the 21st century technology. That's obsolete. Cell phones will be obsolete. The internet will be obsolete. All these things are going to go. It's going to vaporize. Almost three decades ago, I had a cell phone. The first. I've talked about that before. And I got rid of it. I got rid of it just shy of 30 years ago. Because I saw this isn't the way to go. It's not real. It's not solid. You might not even be able to understand or entertain that thought. But if you pray and you start looking, you start realizing, you'll understand it. And you'll be smarter for it. Frank? Yeah, um, more appropriately, you, you had it right. I guess when you follow Our Lady, even your unconscious speaks the truth. But when there's no coin, it's a bit con. It's a con. And when you have a Federal Reserve note, and the Federal Reserve is not federal, and there is no reserve, it's a con. And gold and silver, because for 5,000 years, we keep returning to this. And when you study monetary history, and you study biblical history, and then you have Our Lady coming for 33 years showing us many things, this becomes very, very clear to you that these things aren't real. 401k or 401k plan, whose plan? Or is it a 401k scam that came in the mid-80s when baby boomers were 20 to 40 in order to do what those in absolute power always do, what they did in 29, where tickers were in beauty salons and every place, the ticker tape, and everybody uh, was, was fascinated and you were absolutely stupid not to be in the stock market. And then like a thief in the night, everything was gone. If you didn't participate in the stock market, but your bank did, then they were run on the banks, and it wasn't there. So now we not only have what you mentioned is 10% uh, you know, real actual funds in fractional reserve banking, we also have deriv- derivatives, making what's real less than 1% of the true economy. So Mike Maloney, who writes Investing in Gold and Silver in the Rich Dad Poor Dad series with Robert Kiyosaki, says that gold always backs the money. It, it did in the Depression when they had to revalue it at 35. Gold all of a sudden backed all the dollars that were printed. In 1980, when uh, gold went to 880, it overshot and, and backed all the U.S. dollars that were printed. Now, gold would go to $50,000 an ounce. Uh, to back all the money that's printed. And, and this is probably an old figure because we keep printing more and more money. And then silver, we keep going back to the 16 to 1 ratio because it keeps reoccurring. It reoccurred in the 80s. 16 ounces of silver bought an ounce of gold in 1980. So that would be $3,125 silver. So in terms of gold, the dollar is overvalued by at least 40 times. In terms of silver, the dollar's overvalued at least 150 times. So you're saying silver should be worth what per ounce right now? Well, in, in terms of dollars, 3125 is how many dollars we have printed. And this is where, historically, and if you come to um, the, the How-To Conference, uh, 
uh, even Chris Ann Hall will give you some historic monetary policies of these kings in the past when she explains to you our Constitution and and the uh, where the um, Constitution came from, the, the Bill of Rights in England, and all these things. So this continues to reoccur. The, the people rise up and they choose what is real. But, but per, per ounce, you're saying $3,125? That, that is absolutely right. Okay. This is how much, this is why we're saying uh, that you go back to things that are real. You must prepare for something. And, and right now, silver is, is spot price is what, 20, 20 bucks 20 an ounce? Twenty dollars an ounce. Okay, so it's yeah. over one hundred fifty times. John Stossel, he's real conservative as far as his or libertarian, I would say probably on his reports and he does all these. He's invested in the bitcoins. I can't believe it. I was reading an article about him and he's put money into this and portion of his savings because he saw it going up as a house of cards and he knows better and he just lost a ton of money. Well, he I think he bought in at six six hundred dollar range and now it was at eight fifty and he was talking about the eight fifty. This was before it just fell from eight fifty down, so he's lost. He, he gained falsely, and he's lost fa- fa- in reality what he could have had if he cashed it out. But you can't. It's just a game. So why would you? Well, look at it this way: everyone will return back to silver as a means of exchange for goods and services. You can't prevent it. You can't stop it. It's the natural order. I mean, he just said February second. What is natural? What is natural means the course of things. It's the course throughout history. Man can try to get away from the way God designed it, but he's got an intrinsic value, which is divine. It's a divine thing. He made it that way. Yes, to adorn our temples and our, and our uh, churches and, and the altars. That's really the, the use for it. And so we, we've changed it into something else, and we become greedy, and we turn it into, the devil gets involved, and it's turned into something completely different. And now we've got something totally false based originally from that that will have to return to it in the natural order of things when a collapse happens. So you can, you can be in that and have that solid intrinsic value item, gold or silver. Silver is what we push because it's the, it's the king's exchanges gold, the gentleman is silver, the peasant is bartering, and the slave is debt. So you decide where you want to be. The best place to be even as a king is, is the gentleman's because you can exchange it with the working people. And so if something happens, are you going to want to have that? Or be searching, trying to acquire that silver because you lost everything keeping it in the dollar or in the 401k, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's just common sense. Don't believe me. As Obama said, there's plenty of evidence out there. But, you know, I don't say what Obama says. You don't have to believe me. I don't care if you don't believe me. I'm just saying, if you want to be where you need to be, you got to do this. I don't like any confidence in what I'm saying. I know it's true. History proves it. Common sense proves it. Prayer proves it. Wisdom proves it. And I set my course in this life decades ago. Not to be wealthy. Not to be that, but just to have a roof over my head. Just common sense things. And so we have this whole situation exist that more and more every day, everything you see and read and touch is a lie. As a lady said, she said, I desire that in your actions as my apostles, you be exact, resolute, and above all, sincere. 
I desire that by the grace of God, you be open for a blessing. It's a blessing to see these things, to act on these things, and be exact and resolute of your decisions to make decisions at this moment. Frank, your contact information? Yeah. And then you can make a last comment. Okay. You can reach us toll-free, 877-936-7686. You can email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. And our website is globalsilverinvestors.com, and it also has the contact information. My final comment would be study the Great Depression. Study the crash of 29. No one saw this coming. If you're in 401Ks or IRAs particularly, uh, those that didn't prepare were forced into Hooverville, shanty towns named after Hoover's fiscal irresponsibility, blaming it. Uh, the government, and instead of our own sins, that the Bible tells us we're, we're under a judgment for these things. Study these things, because now the people aren't as charitable and benevolent, so we'll have internment camps. Why do you have a 401k when this can purchase you a community so you're not forced into community? Why do you have an IRA? Why do you have paper when it's 150 times overvalued in terms of silver. The stock market, 50 times overvalued in terms of silver. Just what happened in 1980. These corrections happen. We return to natural things. So this is what I would encourage people to do while there's time to do it. Don't wait till the day after and say, what I, what could have I had done had I seen this? Well, our latest February 2nd message shows real clearly we're headed to a blessing, and that usually is through trial. Cognition, which she says is a natural, uh, rather natural and holy cognition, which is divine. And God wants to give us this. And you can say that no one saw it coming in 1929. But with a little thoughtfulness, just very little, and prayer, it's impossible for it to see it not coming. It's coming. Just think. We wish you our lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.